Hi guys, it's Lydia and Dina, and you're listening to Like a Virgin, the podcast where we discuss all of our firsts. Hi guys. Hello, 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 hello. The girls are back. The girls are back for another bi-weekly burst of Like a Virgin podcast. Oh, period. It's a burst. It's a burst of joy. It's a burst of hope. It's a burst of love from dean and i literally everybody who's been listening to like a virgin lately has been telling me how healing it is that's really sweet i'm glad you're all healing it is a healing girl summer i do feel like in comparison to last summer this summer for me has been a lot more tame and i feel like it is a healing girl summer like i think it's like as you get older like the appeal like this summer was really chaotic for me but like it just didn't feel as cinematic as it has prior because i think it just gets old Silver city is really really fun though i won't lie to you i've had like some chaotic nights but usually you know what's crazy is like every summer everybody who knows me knows like every summer it's like i'm on my summer love grind like every summer where's my summer boo like i'm on that agenda and this year like i for some reason i actually didn't care that much like this morning i was like thinking about it and i was like oh my gosh i didn't even put any effort into like meeting someone like new this year like as much as i had prior and i think it's literally because you just get used to like what it's like to date and for people to be like into like you're just like oh i know what that feels like it's not as exciting Well, that segues perfectly into our episode topic for today, which is the first time that we really realized that someone was attracted to us in a genuine way, in a way where it's like, oh, this person wants me. So not, we're not talking about like your little Kiki first crush in fifth grade. Although we could still, we could talk about that experience as well of like what it felt like to experience what it felt like to experience that type of wholesome crush. But I'm talking about the first time where you realized someone was physically attracted to you. So we're going to talk about that experience. And also like our experiences are informed by uh, the intersections of our identity. And so me and Lydia, both black women are going to experience this differently because of the other intersections of our identity that like affect the way that we interact with the world. Um, So I think it's really interesting when we were kind of discussing this episode initially that like the way that our experiences kind of played out were really different and that's kind of like it's nice to have that like juxtaposition of our experiences and I feel like you see that throughout our podcasting history yeah I mean like the reason why we're like talking about this too is because like I mentioned like one of the first times like someone had a crush on me was like literally when I was like in grade five and if you guys are like OGs you know like for a retweet episode we spoke about growing up ugly. So at that point, it wasn't like a sexual crush. It definitely wasn't like kind of what we're describing right now. This was like a full on real, like loved my personality, like innocent crush. And I remember at the time, like when I found out, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what it feels like when someone has a crush on you, like they're obsessed with you. So I can't wait until so many people have crushes on me. And then so many people are going to be obsessed with me. And only until realized, like, when I was, like, basically 19, I realized that's not the truth. So the first time I, like, realized someone was, like, sexually attracted to me was, it was, like, the summer I had just turned 19, because I'm a Gemini, and my friend who was born the same year as me, but, like, was birthday was later, like, a Scorpio, we, like, I had to, like, go to the beer store to, like, get alcohol for us. 
And when I was there, like I was obviously on the phone. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. My friend has no idea what the fuck she's talking about. So we're just like going back and forth, trying to figure out what to drink tonight. And he keeps kind of like butting in for like suggestions. And I'm like, okay, this guy is like a little too helpful, but I don't understand why he's too helpful. And it wasn't until like he just comes out and is like, well, you know, I have one more question. And I was like, what's what's the question? And then he's like, well, you know, I was just wondering like, you know, if I could be your man. <laughs> and I remember just being like so gagged because I had no clue that this was happening. Like I literally froze and was like, uh, and like for so long, like it was like a cartoon. Like I was like, uh, and he was like, uh, 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 cause you got a man, cause you are, like, he's trying to literally put the pieces together for me because I'm so gagged. And I basically am like, yeah, like, yeah, like I have a man, like obviously realizing like how awkward it is. And then he leaves. But that was the first time I ever got hit on, like, honestly, like that's, and I'll never forget it because one, it was like, it was a pretty obvious kind of like, you know, him like hitting on me on the streets. I was like sober. I wasn't even in the club. So yeah, that was the first time. I remember feeling crazy. What? Yeah, what did you feel? Like, what did you feel? Because I, I imagine it would be a combination of feeling affirmed, but then also feeling uncomfortable. Well, it was weird because like previously, my only knowledge of how people have crushes on you is like when they're, or at least with me, the only way I understand people liking me is when they get to know me at this mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. so I was like oh my gosh like how long was he watching me like I must have said something that was so funny like I must have like I couldn't even like I don't think I was even like processing what was happening because I also wasn't wearing anything like super sexy I was wearing like an oversized like button up because I was like getting ready to TTC to the function <laughs> so like I wasn't like wearing my thought clothes like just out and about you you weren't wearing thought clothes at that point in your life anyway yeah, I wasn't wearing thought clothes at that point in my life anyways. So it was like definitely giving like a face card. I don't know. I think I just thought like this only happens like when I'm in Toronto because at the time I didn't live here. So I was like, I don't know what to make of it, but it did feel good. And it, but it probably felt more intense than it actually was. I think like when I first started getting hit on, I was like, oh my God, I'm like the anointed one. Like I'm like the girl of the hour. Like he has a crush on me. Like that's what it is. It's a crush. But it's like, he actually just like, you know, me doing that didn't really hurt his feelings. Like when people hit on you on the street, Mm -hmm. it's like as passing as it is coming. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. Did he make any comments about your physical appearance? He actually didn't. So I feel like that's also why it wasn't that deep. To be honest with you, I feel like it's pretty rare that that ever happens to me because I am like a thinner girl. I feel like people rarely make comments on my body, like ever, like ever. But even like your face... Yeah, they make comments about my face, but he didn't make any comments about my face. Okay, okay, okay. But usually if they do make a comment, it is about my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my experience is a little bit earlier. I was in high school, and entering high school, I really, like, I, growing up ugly, listen to the retweet episode, like, you know, that's me and Lydia's story. In high school, like entering high school, I did feel like it was an opportunity to reinvent myself a little bit and to not be that girl, right? And I I think I understood um, my proximity to men as something that like would maybe help me become more confident. 
especially going into grade nine, I was like, okay, like no one knows me other than like the small group of people that I went to elementary school with. So I can really be whoever I want to be here. Um, So I started wearing crazy shit to school guys. Like I would wear tight, 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 tight tank top that was like really low cut with a bombshell bra. (laughs) Period. Which I didn't need, by the way. Like I already had double D boobs at that age. So I like, I did not need that. Um, I would straighten my hair every single day and I would wear the Urban Decay Naked palette. So let me just set the scene that. for you. Urban Decay Naked palette. I would do like a smoky eye every day. I would wear Steel Stay All Day eyeliner, winged liner every day. And I think I'd also started to get into Tumblr at that time. So yeah. I was seeing so many like highly sexualized images. And so I really wanted to emulate that. Um, so I would go to school every single day with my tits out tight ass leggings, tight ass Lululemon leggings. I would wear the little Uggs. So I looked a lot different than I did the year before. And I remember that this was the first time where I was getting attention from not only guys my own age, but also men that were like in years above us. Uh, And I remember vividly this one, I think he was maybe grade 10 or grade 11 while I was in grade nine. And he referred to me as the grade nine with the big tits. That's crazy. I know. And looking back, I'm like, I understand what that did to me in that moment, but it was also extremely affirming. It was extremely affirming to know that men found me attractive because that's what I, I never felt that before ever. And I had seen it happen for my other friends where guys thought they were pretty and thought they were beautiful. And I didn't understand at the time that I wasn't getting it in the same way, right? Like I wasn't getting the, she's so beautiful. She's so pretty. I was getting the, her tits are huge and she's also really smart. But I was at a point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to take what I can get. Cause I've had no male affirmation up to this point. And like we've said before, like male validation is a drug. And so I was like, period, like I'm going to lean into this. So it it was really my whole shtick every single day. Yeah, that was my, (laughs) that was my, that was my first experience being like, holy shit, like someone sees me and desires me. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. So just say like, that was like definitely the first time I was ever like hit on. And like, that was kind of like an isolated experience. Cause like I was like 19. So when I was in school, like in university, like I never had the chance to date anybody. Like there was like nobody I was dating. There's no one I was talking to like at all. It literally wasn't until like, I remember when I moved to Toronto, it just felt like night and day. Like I remember that year I like moved. It just felt chaotic. Like it felt like I was drowning in pussy, bitch. Like that's like how it felt like. It felt like I was like drowning in pussy. Like it just felt like everywhere I turned, like somebody wanted my number. Like it just felt so insane, especially because like um, the summer I moved to Toronto, like that summer I worked like at a vintage store like in Kensington Market and so it was like there's a lot of like, young people that were pulling through and I felt like I was just like getting hit on like so much and that was honestly like that felt like the most real because it was like the consistent like obviously like a one-off didn't make me like change the way I like perceive myself but like that was like a big change but also I will say like there was obviously some big changes in the way I look too like I uh like changed the way my face looked by like changing like doing my makeup like more consistently like changing the way I did my makeup changing my hair like in context of like what I looked like and where I lived I was like more desirable so there was a lot of things that changed and like the way I perceived myself definitely changed because I started to realize that like um these crutches that you used 
to like survive when you're growing up not cute, you don't really need anymore. Like when I was younger, for example, I really, really needed a hobby and like a skill. I needed to be good at something to like one, start conversation with people and also to like prove that I was cool. When you're sexy, people don't care. People just want to be your friend. Like people literally just want to hang out with you like all the time. And I was like, wait, why do people, why are people nice to me? <laughs> like, why do I just like get to go on things sometimes? I'm like, oh my God, like, because like life is different now. Like I look different, like, or people perceive me differently. So I will say it definitely felt good, but somebody the other day, and I actually gonna ask you the same question. Somebody asked me, what's the biggest difference between being like sexy to the to the majority of the public to being not sexy? Like I, if you had to compare your glowed up life to your not glowed up life, like what is like the biggest difference? I will say, I don't think that I'm conventionally attractive across the board. There's a combination of like privilege that is associated with certain aspects of my identity, but then there's also aspects of like fatness where I'm like, okay, I know in certain spaces that I'm not going to be perceived as attractive. So I feel like it can almost see both sides of the coin because yeah. there are certain spaces that I go into that I'm like, I'm not going to be desired in this space. And I know that, but I just, I also know that there are certain spaces where I can go and I will be seen as like the beauty standard or... Like even just talking to certain people, I'm like, I know you'll find me attractive. So I feel like our experience might be a little bit different with that just because of our um, experiences with like thinness versus fatness. But I will say I like being perceived more as funny and cool than I ever have enjoyed being perceived as hot. So you think the biggest difference is that people perceive you as hot first? and talented second or smart yeah, and cool and funny second. I think sometimes it just takes them longer to see the other things. So it's kind oh, of yeah. like, do you really fuck with me? Like, I don't know if you do. Like- You know what's funny? I was gonna say the same thing. Well, Yeah, I was gonna say the difference is I feel like when I was like, when people like, where I felt like most people did find me attractive is that like, um, I was like, oh, when they fuck with me, they really, really fuck with me. But I just assumed that's like, that was the standard. Mm -hmm. Like the thing with Patrick, or I didn't think I said his name, but you can say his name. When I was in grade five, and I'm like outing him, I'm outing like everybody from elementary school. But, like literally like, so this guy named Patrick, like when I was in grade five, like he liked me because he really liked me. It wasn't cool to like me. Like yeah. he really, really, really liked me. So like at that time I was like, oh, this the bitches that are sexy, they're getting like a million of these. When yeah. really, like, honestly, look at you back. Like, I had the only person who really let me down. Like, he let me down. And, like, the bitches that had, like, a bunch of guys flocking over them, sure, they thought they were, like, whatever they were into her or whatever. But it's, like, it wasn't long-lasting. Like, and I feel like that's actually the disease of, like, getting more attractive is, like, um, the people I date, I don't think are long-lasting. Like, they're not people who, like, who, like, are seeing more than where the eye can meet sometimes <laughs> to play a little devil's advocate <laughs> like literally though like sometimes I think about it and like I'm in spaces and I think to myself like but I wouldn't be able to get this far if I didn't look a certain way and sometimes like even though we are like a bit complaining quote-unquote it's like we do know why we're complaining though right like we are actively still like perpetuating like wanting to be more attractive because we know that it like helps it does make your life quality better like absolutely it's very hard to be 
someone who isn't deemed conventionally attractive, it's extremely hard to not fit a beauty standard. It's extremely hard to have acne. It's extremely hard to live in a fat body. It's extremely difficult to navigate the world. And it's like so much of your dignity and like your appearance, unfortunately, because it is, that is just like the world that we live in. Do you ever feel bad about having pretty privilege? Because you remember what it was like to not have and it sucked. Yeah, I feel bad all the time. I know that's why I'm always bagging at the bitches on Twitter or like bragging about it. I'm like, do you guys understand? Like, this is like sad. You are literally oppressed under a system that values beauty and like beauty with its proximity to whiteness, thinness, um, being cisgender, like all those things interact with that too. Because I'm not going to lie to you, like, especially in the beginning when like, I felt like even sometimes like if I was in the line for a club and a guy like a bouncer would like tell me to come and basically let me like skip the line like Mm -hmm. sometimes sure it feels good but sometimes I like feel bad sometimes I'm like damn like there are other like women in line and like and I like it just puts me in an awkward position like it puts me in a position where I have to put like myself before like other women and like that or like and I just remember feeling so guilty about that especially in the beginning like I was kind of like oh wow like I'm in the club but it almost felt like I was like in the club of like bad people yeah yeah because a lot of good looking people are unfortunately bad people and like especially dating like it's sometimes I'm like sometimes you're talking to someone you're like I actually am not convinced you're not a dick to everyone else you're not attracted to yeah yeah it's really hard to weed out good people um you're right because the guy that liked you when you weren't conventionally attractive is the one that actually like probably fucked with you the hardest and was treating and was treating the girl who wasn't cool to like with kindness. And honestly, that is like my experience. Like I remember when people had crushes on me when I wasn't cute, not many, but they really did like me. Like I really do remember that. And now like the biggest heartbreak is like when like the people who like like you were a lot more shallow are like so much more fickle. Like having more energy wanting to play with you is like more damaging sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. And it's just so interesting too, because over the last couple of years, my weight has fluctuated like extremely. Um, So I've occupied a body that's bigger than I've ever been used to. And then over the past, I would say like year, year and a half, I've lost a significant amount of weight. And so I'm back at where I'm most comfortable and where I kind of was pre-pandemic. And the way that people like the, the switch up in the way that I personally get treated as well is like, it's so it's hard not to see it. And I think anyone who's ever gone through like a weight loss um, specifically, but any major like physical change, but I will say weight loss specifically is the one thing that people feel empowered to comment on, especially um, and in a congratulatory way. But then also people give you a chance that like never would have like never looked your way before. So it, it's almost, it's like a very real time concrete example of the way in which like you were dehumanized before. No one wants to be a fat person because you know what it's like to move through this world in a fat body and you know the way that this world treats fat people. You know how you treat fat people and you know what you think about fat fat people as well. So I think that experience has been really interesting to me too because it really highlights like even though I have other forms of, of privilege and I think like in comparative even along the spectrum of fat women, my fat is distributed in a way that some people may find more appealing than someone else who's maybe more top heavy. Yeah, it's just, it's really, it's a deeply humbling experience to be like, okay, so now I'm like worthy of being posted or, you know, now you're attracted to me or now I'm, I'm giving and I'm cut and I'm this and I'm that, but before I wasn't. So it's kind of like, it's interesting. 
Yeah. I also feel like it's also interesting to like when those changes happen, like how many physically like deliberating, like when you were saying like how it's like shocking how people treat you and how you can see it. Like even for me, I feel like that's the drug that gets you hooked. It's like Mm -hmm. once you know, once you get a taste of what it's like, you almost like can't undo it because then everything just feels so much worse. Like you can almost like not even go back. Imagine it going back. Like, I remember one of the first, like, free, crazy, like, favors I've ever gotten being attractive person. And I was like, whoa. Like, I can't believe this person did this. Is like, I was in, like, in, in, in a club. Or, like, I was, like, in, yeah, I was, like, out in a place near my house. It was, like, an event. Mm-hmm. We wanted to go to someone's birthday party after. And we were like, oh, my God, the Uber is so far away. It's so expensive. Like, we couldn't even believe it. We are like, talking about LA. We are like, oh, my God, we're going to do it. Should we not do it? And this guy basically offers to drive us there, like, for free. <laughs> Period. And basically, like, we get a ride to this place, like, this birthday party for free. And I just remember sitting there and, like, knowing that, like, $50 in my account like was gonna stay there felt so good but also knowing that like this person might want to kidnap me because I'm like good looking was also scary but also to say like I feel like getting things when you're cute is always like a good feeling but a part of you is like scared because it's not secure. Like if something is like based off of your looks, it's never gonna be secure. And like, I think everybody, I would I would think most people kind of start, they start, they feel that way. Like anybody feels it, you know? And that's why people who are like, so um, like hooked to like the things that their pretty privilege can get them are like so keen on like making sure their beauty is like preserved. And I feel like it, it it's probably very, very um, interesting for someone who like, who is like the opposite of us, who were like extremely conventionally attractive or were like the hottest bitch in elementary school. And now that they're in the real world, they're just normal. They're just like a regular degular because it always is like the most random random basic looking white girl that's like the hottest bitch in your grade. I know. I always wonder, but I don't have any friends that like are like that. They're nurses. They're all nurses. Yeah, that's why I don't have any friends that are fucking nurses. But yeah, like it must be deliberating because they're probably like, wait, like I thought my identity was this. And like. So I feel like it's almost better to go from not being desired to being desired than the other way around. Actually, maybe not better, maybe just different. Because obviously that growing up ugly does do a number. <laughs> yeah, because growing up ugly does do a number. And like, honestly, like I said, like it is like interesting to talk about pretty privilege in a way that's like more honest because people on Twitter are always like bragging about how much they have pretty privilege. And I always just think like, damn, like I honestly do like sometimes have guilt about it. Like even though I use it and I like have to do what's best for me, like it doesn't necessarily always bring quality, it just brings more quantity. And on top of that, it also like... Like, it honestly has, like, messed up, like, so many, like, especially, like, interpersonal relationships. Like, it's brought me more my way, but it hasn't brought things that are more secure, more, like, organic. Um, And it also, like, again, like, has, like, made me feel, like, more, like, less secure sometimes. Because if someone is, like, gawking over you because of the way you look, like, it's gonna, like, they're gonna gawk over the next thing that's good looking, too. Mm -hmm. But I will say... A lot of this, a lot of the ways in which pretty privilege operates is, it's like unseen, right? It's, I don't think people are consciously being like, well, some people are probably doing this, of being like, this bitch is really hot, I want to be her friend. But I think also unconsciously, 
people are attracted to people who are conventionally attractive because that's the narrative that you've been shown. That's the way privilege works, right? So maybe in a way, like pretty privilege has opened the door for you to have friendships with people that like, you know, before they in- interrogated their relationship with exactly. pretty privilege. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't think that that relationship is less valid. It's just, you are more, you know, you're giving that opportunity because of your proximity to that privilege. And I, I think that goes for any type of privilege, right? Like it makes sense that you feel guilty about it because by virtue of you receiving this privilege, someone else is disadvantaged. So it makes sense. Have you ever been in a situation where you could tell like somebody is like trying to do you a favor because of your pretty privilege, but you're with someone who maybe is less conventionally attractive and it like puts you guys in an awkward position. Like you're kind of feeling like you have to like hustle and bustle this friend. I've definitely been in a lot of situations where I've been the friend that I could recognize in that moment. I wasn't being perceived as attractive. And so whatever interaction was happening here, I was kind of just like the tag on. I was kind of just like, yeah, they're, also they're there, doing like, it. Like yeah, like they're doing it in spite of the fact that I was here to appease the friend that they're attracted to. Yeah, worst, literally worst. And it feels like a nightmare never ending. Cause honestly, I think that's like literally like a sanctioned like experience. Like if you're just black, like I just, I don't think there's any way of escaping it unless you're literally just in a black fucking club or like something like yeah. literally like there's no way. Like if you have a friend that's not black, immediately it's happening. Like immediately that's like the reality. And even when you're in an all black club, babe, there's so many anti-black niggas out on these streets that don't interrogate their own self-hate, so. It's so true. It's so true. Do you remember the first time you were attracted to, someone was attracted to you though, like and was sexualizing you that you liked back? Oh yeah, I do. Okay, tell me about it. (laughs) Okay, wait. I think I remember, I remember mine, but because I feel like mine are so obvious. Mine were like literally like my the guy I first like dated. Like it's like things like that. It's like less organic, but you go first, Lydia. Okay. So basically what ended up happening was Dee and I had someone on a sex working episode for retweet. And it happened to be polyamorous. And at the time, I think also Dee and I were like taking a class and they were talking about polyamory. So we had been talking a lot about polyamory and we had made a joke about like me being polyamorous and like seeing this person's partner so we were like joking about it he was cute or whatever like we like creeped in like he was cute and anyways long story short we match on tinder and I remember being like so gagged because this was the first time I had ever like actually mentioned that someone was attractive and like they had uh like they had had interest in me without me mentioning or like pushing any sort of agenda like let it be known I never push an agenda like I never especially at that time I never pushed an agenda but like the fact that I even thought about it and then it was coming my way and then I remember even when we met just being like whoa like whoa like someone who think well, I think is sexy thinks I'm sexy like that's crazy it felt like honestly like a dream and that's when I was like literally like 21 that was like late like not late but like no that wasn't long that long ago that's so funny because I feel like honestly for me the first time that someone was like you're beautiful was like really nice (laughs) because I was so used to someone being like I was so used to people being like you have really big tits 
or you yeah. have like a, a nice ass I'm like no I want someone to say I'm pretty yeah. um so I think just even to this day like even to this day sometimes it, it it still does get to me when I'm like okay this person is really only seeing me as a sexual object I'm a I have a pretty face too like you can acknowledge that yeah. and I don't think that bigger women um fat women if you have a fat ass or you have big tits or you have something that someone finds sexually appealing like you you're definitely going to be experiencing those type of compliments as well but I mean like when was the first time uh like it was like a mutual attraction yeah I remember telling all my girlies and being like guys like he's sexy and also when you're showing your friends someone who thinks you're hot and they're like oh he's hot too it's like extremely validating yeah okay that did happen with this guy too like the guy I'm mentioning that was like in a positive relationship that did happen he was really attractive but I feel like one thing that was like especially the kicker was like the guy um I first started seeing when I moved to Toronto the first guy I started seeing he was like very like sexy like peaked in high school like hot (laughs) like for me it was like a big deal because like I was like obviously like I'd grown up in London so like he was kind of like that guy like he came like hot in London Ontario like looks so it was like a bit I remember just being like oh my god you're like the guy I would like shit cry and vomit for when I was like 12. Girl, you got your lick back. He was giving like Chad Michael Murray, like you got your lick back. He was, he was giving like white guy, like very charming, like the kind of guy you want to date once in your life. And heal your inner child a little bit. Yeah, it's like a young child, like, yeah, (laughs) decision. But um, it was definitely the moment. And that was like, honestly, very healing. I actually think it did heal my inner child. I'm not even joking. Aww. Yeah, especially if you're, um, a young black woman growing up in uh, any white dominated space like I'm sorry and not just black women like anyone who is just not going to be seen as conventionally attractive um, according to those standards but you know what maybe times have changed maybe now that blackness is in the girls are having a, a better time because I know that my experience and your experience Lydia wasn't everyone's experience across the board but also sometimes I think about it and like honestly like it is really crazy to think about but like we really were in one like in elementary school in Y2K like you know like we were in elementary school like in the early 2000s so like the way like race played out in the early 2000s is like what we reaped yeah it's true as children so like it is obviously like a lot different okay guys that brings us to the end of our episode Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Like a Virgin. We are obsessed with you all. Um, Let us know if you have any ideas for first that you want to hear, or if you have a crazy first that you want to share with us. And maybe, maybe we could have a guest spot on the pod. I know we want to hear all of your first. We're getting really creative with them and we're trying to show you guys all that we've got with this new fucking podcast. So we're so excited for you guys to hear our newest episodes. Please tune in every other Wednesday on hump day to listen to like a virgin. Leave a review on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen and make sure to interact on the Instagram. I know. Why don't you guys follow? I'm not going to lie at ngl underscore underscore studios why aren't you following us follow us up show us some love you'll know the drops so you'll get a little intel which is always fun we post our little videos on there period 
All right. Bye. Bye.